Hello, ladies and gents. This is Todd Stewart with another episode of In The Know, a dispatch-powered podcast where we dive into everything that is customer-focused and customer-driven. So this is an interview that I've been looking to set up for a while, and I'm pumped to officially bring it to you. For this episode, I sat down with Yakov Zar, our co-founder and chief of strategy here at Dispatch. To set this episode up, I do want to ask you a question first. So the on-demand economy is a hot topic, and it's been discussed in length. However, have you ever thought to yourself, why hasn't the on-demand economy tapped into the service industry yet? I mean, it seems like it'd be valuable to open up your phone, tap on fridge repair, and get a technician to come fix your fridge in five to 10 minutes. I know I would have loved it when my fridge was leaking all over the place. I would have been able to save my food, I would have had less soggy paper towels on every shelf, and an on-demand tech would have been very helpful. So again, why hasn't the on-demand economy tapped into the service industry yet? Well, turns out Yakov Zar has the answer. After building Dispatch, he's put together eloquent reasons and very thoughtful responses for what it takes to get a technician to your house in five to 10 minutes. The new technology offerings that are enabling this and at the end of the day, why the on-demand economy really hasn't tapped into the service industry similar to Uber and Grubhub. So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed chatting with our co-founder, Yakov Zar. So right when you took the microphone in the beginning, you said you feel like you want to rap. Can you, can you spit a verse? No, I can't. <laughs> I don't know how to rap. All right. Yaakov, welcome to the show. Uh, how you doing? Thank God, all good. I'm good. 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 Uh, so, in all honesty, you know, I I have really been looking forward to this interview uh, because it hits home with me, um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners, this topic's going to hit home with them too. Yeah. Uh, but personally, I love the on-demand economy. I know that this idea and this topic has been spoken about in length um, and has already been covered but we're taking it on a different spin today. Um, we're gonna be relating it to the service industry. Yep. So where this hits home with me is one day my fridge was broken, an appliance was broken in my house, and it took about two and a half weeks to get fixed. Yep. And I never thought to myself, wow, it would be really cool to have the opportunity of clicking a button, having this be fixed right away. Yep. And it made me think, about this idea relating the on-demand economy to the service industry, and you're the perfect person to talk to about this. I hope so. So recently, I've been increasingly thinking about the on-demand economy and how it relates to the service world. Uh, we will get to that in this discussion uh, very quickly, I'm yep. sure within the next couple questions. Uh, but, but first I wanna know, and I think this will set it up nice, is when people ask you what you do uh, for a living, What's your answer? How do you answer that? So that's a very good question. And it's a very difficult question because I actually struggle with that a lot. I'm telling people what I do. But I, I first, I want to say thank you for having me. I also want to say that that story that you mentioned about your refrigerator, every person I talk to and tell about what we're doing, about what our business is, they have a story like this. Everyone has that story. Everyone's experienced it. I had a problem with my drain one time. Everyone has an experience that happened there. And what I, I mean... Once I hear a story like that, I like to describe that our goal and the focus of our business is to give visibility to the customer, to the homeowner, to you who's receiving and 
receiving that service and receiving that experience to actually just let you know what's going on because i think that that access to knowledge that now access to understanding what's actually happening is hugely valuable and gives you that sort of peace of mind that you need that one needs in that period of waiting for service or expecting service So initially you tried um, you know, to solve this issue, the previous issue that I mentioned, of getting the technician to show up to your house instantly uh, with a company called Homefront. Take me through the early stages of this idea and if you had any realizations you know, along the way of building this business. Yeah, so when we were first starting Dispatch, after Avi and I met, we were sort of being pulled in different directions. First, we wanted to build a consumer-facing sort of experience, the Uber for home services. And we were trying to figure out how to build that. We ended up building software for service providers because we thought that was the way to get to the consumer to the consumer brand. And then we had a period where we were kind of confused. Let's try both of these approaches. Let's try both the you know, SaaS, let's build a software as a service business that we can sell to people. And then let's also try to build our own consumer brand. And it was really hard. It's really, really hard to build a, a consumer-facing marketplace. It's really hard to build both sides of that marketplace at the same time, as you know, as everyone talks about constantly when they're building a marketplace. And it's really hard to commoditize a service, which is so required, so sort of, that so heavily relies around professional engagement and skill. And that's where we really struggled and that's where Homefront struggled and that's where our whole concept of trying to build a consumer brand struggled. And what we realized is that there's many, many players in the space already who have what's already needed to build that marketplace, meaning there's already many businesses, whether it's in the home warranty space or in the home appliance manufacturing or <coughs> property management or whatever, whatever it is. There's many businesses that already exist that are operating what is essentially a home services marketplace right? It's just missing that quotes of on demand because they don't focus on the experience around it. And what we realized is that the software that we were building to try to create our own marketplace really can be applied to any business that is already operating in that fashion. And we can just sort of tack on our software and help them build that experience that they all dream of and think about um, when, when they think about what is the future of their business that we can help accelerate that vision for them. So you said that the on-demand aspect of it is really hard to tie. Why though? Yeah, so let's let's define what that on-demand sort of, you know, in, in air quotes means. Everyone looks at companies like Uber and they think, okay, I want to build Uber for home services. Uber is not for home services. It's for a car. It's for a commodity of getting picked up and dropped off. And it's an amazing business. And obviously, obviously it's an incredible sort of model that they have there. But what that inspires is consumers are adjusting their expectation. Consumers no longer want to be stuck on the phone with four hour and then have a four hour window for their appointment. Consumers want to know what's going on. They order their food from Grubhub and they get a tracker. They order they order a car and the guy picks it up. They order something from Amazon.com and they see every time that it's scanned, which is unbelievable, right? You know that it was scanned departing the, I, I refresh my packages like 10 times a day, depending on, on when, when I'm getting something I want, right? It was scanned 10 minutes ago. It's unbelievable. I want that for home services. So don't give me a four hour window and make me sit at home all day. Just give me the visibility that I want. And that's what 
that's not really the on-demand aspect of it, but that's the aspect that consumers are, are really want when they say that they want on-demand services. Really what they want is, is for home services. What, what they want is visibility into their experience, and that's what we want to provide. We want to, we, we've built the service experience platform. We want to enable visibility into the service experience, and I think that's, what, that's how on-demand is translated into home service businesses, and that's where we've seen a tremendous amount of success and sort of um, we've seen it work, basically. Get it? It's, it's very different than pressing a button and the plumber being around the corner, having availability to show up at your house. That's also important sometimes in emergency services. We need that and we want to get there and we need to figure out how to make that happen. But for 98% of jobs, we need to figure out how do we just give the visibility to the customer to know what is going on. When you say visibility, it seems like there's multiple sides of that equation. So it's visibility, not only for the homeowner, but also visibility for the contractor or the technician or whoever's coming to serve this need. What is the visibility though? What are the data points? It's a really good question. Uh, a lot of it is around stat. It's, it's around a few things. One is knowing that the other person has received whatever you've given them. Meaning if you, if as a customer, if you've requested service, you want to know that that service request has been received and acknowledged. If you're the service provider and you're, and you have, you know, certain time slots available for service, you want to make sure that the customer knows that those times are available. If you're the dispatcher in the office, you want to make sure that the technician knows that you've scheduled an appointment for him. If you're the brand um, at a warranty company, at a home warranty company, or at an appliance manufacturer, you want to know that the dispatcher has received that job and has scheduled an appointment and that everyone is in the loop. So it's really getting the confirmation that what you're expecting is, is moving forward, right? That progress bar is moving forward and that everyone's seeing that same progress bar and everyone knows what to expect next. You mentioned a couple roadblocks. You said, uh, we'd love to get there in the world where you can really click a button, say fridge repair, and your fridge is fixed within, or somebody is there within 20 minutes. What are the roadblocks that are preventing companies from creating this type of world right now? So I, I think my point was that there's, we need that as well, right? We need to address the 98% of service requests. I made that number up, but it's probably close. And the 98% of service requests that are you know, normal, right? That they can, should get done within a couple of days, but not within 20 minutes. And that's dispatch's core business. The roadblocks to getting truly on-demand service is that service professionals are busy, right? Home service professionals are busy. There's not a, enough of them. You talk to any guy who's running a plumbing business, he wants more technicians. He needs more trained plumbers to get out there. So you need to get their attention. You need to get them to move from what they're currently doing. Eventually, I think where, where we want to, what we want to help enable is that there's that sort of, since there's, um, consistency within a platform, we're able to help surface who might be available in a certain region with a certain skill set to get that job done. And we want to get there eventually. But right now it's more, we're more focused on how do we address all of those jobs that are happening every day where their appointment was scheduled a, a day ago and the technician shows up and no one's home. That's the worst. That cost, that cost a service provider $100 to show up and no one being home. And they're probably not going to get paid for that. And that's terrible. So how can we cut cut back on that, right? How can we enable that? And that's that's one of the metrics that a lot of our service providers are are, are measuring dispatch's success by the fact that they have 
cut down on no-shows tremendously. That's huge. That's huge for a guy who has two, three technicians. One of his guys wasted two hours going to a job that the person wasn't even home. He's not going to collect money on. That's really painful. More money in their pocket. Exactly. So to follow up, Uber manages a third-party network of drivers. Um, they control their own schedule. They essentially are their own bosses. But in the home warranty space, these companies work with other small businesses who may not be as flexible. How do you build a company or how do you build software that allows for very similar types of outcomes that Uber has with their third-party network for an enterprise to have with their small businesses? It's a really good question. The, there's a tremendous amount of complexity in managing third-party service providers, right? So, I mean, if, if you've ever seen Uber, I signed up as an Uber driver. If you've ever seen Uber's sign-up process as a driver, it's unbelievable. You don't have to pick up the phone. You have to call anyone. You take a picture of your license and a picture of your registration, and you're good to go like within a couple of days. Have you driven? I, I have not. I want to. I'm trying to find the snowy. I, I need the the surge to be high enough to make yeah. it worth it. I'll, I'll be your first customer if <laughs> you right. just want to get one. <laughs> awesome. So when Uber is managing individuals, they can send the job out. And if the person can do it, he goes ahead and does it. How do you enable the same sort of visibility and interactions when there's a small business who's operating and receiving jobs from many different places and sort of running a day-to-day -day business? How do you enable that sort of on-demand type experience with these guys, with these small businesses who you're you're sometimes a small portion of their jobs, maybe just you know 20%, maybe up to 80, 80%. Either way, there's other jobs that are coming in. So that's where we specialize, and that's where we spend a lot of time. That's where our product teams spend a lot of time. That's where our sort of um, you know performance management teams spend a lot of time. We're trying to figure out ways to <coughs> engage service providers who are dealing with other things. And I think that we've figured out a few things. One is our ultralight solution, which you know we there's information about on our website, and our workforce management product. So we ended up, first we built out a really great workforce management product for a small business to use. So as a brand, I can encourage my service provider network to install the dispatch app and sign up on the dispatch web app and start using it to receive jobs and to manage their own business. Similar process to how Uber gets their drivers? It's, it's, it's almost, almost. It's, there's a little bit more friction there just because there's, you know, you have to add your technicians, et cetera. And that's what we saw. We saw that there's a, a good amount of friction there and that you can't, a brand can't get all their service providers onto that platform. So what do they do? So it's, you know, it's the value's not there if a very small portion get on. So then we built an ultralight product. And what we realized is some service providers want a full new workforce management management solution. Some of them are already using something. So we've built integrations into a ton of workforce management products that are out there. And some aren't using anything and don't want to use anything or don't want to build, you know, turn on the integration or whatever it might be. And that's great. We want to support them and we want to engage with them at all uh, as well. So we've built um, our ultralight product, which basically enables incredibly lightweight and intelligent interactions with jobs. And we've built a ton of technology on the back end to enable sort of, um, let's say, just at right time sort of communication. So when we think that the service provider will respond or that a job needs an update, et cetera, we built a ton of, of technology to, to optimize for those metrics. And we've seen that this is, you know, this works, this works. It's a SMS and email-based, completely web-based, no apps to install, no sign-up process at all. Just because you have a relationship with the brand, they send us the information that is needed to activate you. And what we've done is we've created the same level, almost the same level of visibility for the consumer, which is the most important, right? When the customer calls in, 
as soon as the the brand might schedule the job on behalf of the service provider or they might send the service provider the job information but either way as soon as the service provider receives it and acknowledges that they've received it we send an update to the customer that's huge right because the customer that visibility cuts down on phone calls um, improves experience as soon as the the appointment is scheduled and the confirmation is scheduled customer receives another confirmation leading up to the appointment the service provider receives a, a prompt to to provide an update um, if we have their location, they get the on my way tracker. When the when we think that the appointment is complete, based on the the information that we have, we send another prompt to the service provider to either add an invoice and estimate, or add an estimate, add an invoice, provide a status update, complete the job, whatever it might be. So that's sort of our like artificial intelligence layer that sits on the back end um, to really enable sort of that same level. What we want to do is we want to give that perception of, of visibility and not just the perception, the actual visibility through our instigation and management of service providers of all types of engagement. If they're on our full workforce management product, that's the best experience. We have the most information. We can create the best sort of process and visibility. If they're not, we can get close. We can get 80, 90% of the way there. And that's the bulk of the value to the customer as well. And the bulk of the value to the brand. And eventually through our ultralight product, more and more service providers get engaged and, and migrate to our full workforce management product. And we've seen huge results in terms of MPS and um, other metrics and KPIs that our customers are using. And they've, they've seen, I mean, we're, we're growing, which I think is the ultimate metric. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it's yeah. the two sides. For the business, it's the connection. It's the ability to connect to our, already what you previously have in place yeah. or a larger parent brand in addition to tools to automate things, make things work a lot faster, and also have tools that can appeal to how the customers operate on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Then for the customer, it's simply supplying transparency yeah. throughout the whole process. Give them power. Just empower your customer. That's what, we, that's what we want, right? That's what you wanted when your refrigerator broke. You just want, like, you feel helpless. You're stuck. You're in yeah, such I wanted a bad to take place. care. I wanted to get it done. I wanted to... Like, you, you would have... Uh, when my drain, I start like trying to clear my drain, right? And because it was it was urgent, I had people coming over in two hours. I happened to have hookups, right? I, I work at dispatch, so I had a drain guy who was able to come out really quickly. But there's, you know, a lot of people don't have that, and it's really really tough, right? It, you want to do it yourself. You want to figure out a way to accelerate it. You want to feel empowered. You want to make the problem go away, right? As a homeowner or a tenant, whatever it might be, you like you're living there and you're trying to make you know move on. And what we want to do is we just want to give you that comfort. We want to give the customer the comfort. And we've seen that that has huge effects on the perception and reputation of the brand, right? If you're providing good service, it has huge effects on, 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 on that reputation. So that's really what we're focused on. So final question. So, having a good time. Not yeah, I, I, I mean, I could keep going on this because I had soggy <laughs> shelves in my fridge that were <laughs> so annoying, so many wet paper towels. But to to wrap everything up, what are your predictions for essentially the future of work, the on-demand economy in the service space? Looking out maybe at 2020, 2025, what do you think? Putting a lot of pressure on me, but I don't really know. I, I don't know. The answer is I don't know, but I think that I, I think that the ultimate effect of all of this is going to have less of an effect on the actual work for the workers and for the, the companies and employees. It's going to have a huge effect on them. Obviously, mobile mobile phones and mobile devices and the AI layer and <coughs> the knowledge and 
integrations and all those things that are happening have a huge effect on giving businesses flexibility to grow and to build and to leverage other sort of systems and processes that already exist. You can start a plumbing company right now. You can start a drain clearing company with a cell phone, a couple of hundred dollars and a snake. That's huge. So that's huge for being able to build and grow a business. But really the people who are going to benefit most of the customers, really what's going to happen is that the uh, additional sort of opportunities that are offered to the businesses are going to allow them to compete and create better businesses and experiences for the customer and for the homeowner. And that's huge. That's what really matters. And that's why we started the business. So it was hard for us to, uh, in, some le in some level, to decide we're going to give up on the consumer brand. We're not going to build a consumer brand and we're going to consciously... We're going to consciously hide behind the brands that we're empowering and that we're, you know, that are our customers. That was a hard decision uh, from a, from a business standpoint and from a personal standpoint. But realizing that we're empowering these brands to be so strong and to create such such great experiences was really what enabled us to do that. And that's what really what we're looking forward to. We want our customers' brands to be prevalent. We want our customers to win in the home services space because of us. And that's what all of us are doing all day, every day here at Dispatch. So if people want to continue the conversation with you, where can they connect with you? What's the best way? Twitter, email, LinkedIn? E yeah, LinkedIn and email are pretty good. Yaakov Zar, um, YJ Zar is my Twitter handle and my LinkedIn uh, URL. Awesome. Well, Yaakov, thanks for joining today. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation and I have a feeling that we're going to continue this conversation thanks in future lot, episodes. It was awesome. Thank you so much. If you want to continue this discussion with Yakov, email him at yakov at dispatch.me. That is Y-A-A-K-O-V at dispatch.me. If you liked today's episode, please remember to subscribe to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio. And if you feel really nice, please leave us a review on iTunes. As always, thanks for joining, and we'll see you next episode.